Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Week 3 NFL Recap. What a week it was. We're going to break down everything about the action on the field. Russell Wilson went bananas again. The Cowboys and the Seahawks. A-N-A-N-A-S. Bananas. Went bananas. Why are we all singing Gwen Stefani? I don't know. Because we're awesome. Uh, Atlanta collapsed. We got another Bengals Eagles tie and so much more. But before we do that, a couple of housekeeping items to hit you with. Subscribe to the podcast. If you listen to the podcast and you don't subscribe, come on. Like if you're a fan of the podcast, go to Spotify and follow and go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Hook us up. Help us out. We love it. You know, and, and you love it. You love the podcast. You want to help us out. Uh, leave a five-star review. If you have a question about a team, if you want to roast me about the Bears, uh, by all means, leave a five-star. But like, you, don't need to, you don't need to roast me and leave a one-star review. Roast me and leave a five-star review. Download, of course, all the episodes. And um, because we love you guys, we have decided, we, meaning me and Ryan and John, have decided to give away – a 65-inch television and a power station. It's a free con- That's right, Ryan. We're giving away a TV. It's a free contest. You can get a 65-inch television for free. Just go to cbssports.com slash pick six giveaway. I thought I was joking when I started this, but I'm not. We are giving away a 65-inch television. cbssports.com slash pick six giveaway. The link is in the episode description, so you can go find that way. The giveaway ends October 25th. You just go and you get, you can win a TV. Hmm. Can't be related to me. Can't be related to Ryan or John. Can't work at CBS. But if you listen to the podcast, you don't actually know us, not related to us. Go win your television. CBSSports.com slash pick six giveaway. Wait, Brinson, I think they can know us. They just can't be related to us. Right. That's, that's correct. Yeah. By okay. the way, so like my Facebook friends, I should be telling all of them to sign up because they can win. And then when they win, I can make them feel guilty for not like, you know, I got them. They owe me something because I got them in the contest. Totally. That's not oh. how this works, right? And also, if you want to like, see my skeptical face when Breach said what he just said, go to, <laughs> CBSports.com, go to YouTube.com slash pick six and subscribe. All our episodes are on uh, YouTube. Yes, right, right. By the way, the 65-inch television, you can use it to watch us on YouTube. Or on CBS Sports HQ, our 24-7 streaming sports network. Yeah, that's a good point. Much better promo by you. Okay. Let's get to week three. We'll start with Sunday Night Football. And it, gosh darn it, man. I, I just, I guess I should have seen this coming because, you know, 2020 is sort of screwed up. But Pete Prisco is just peacocking all over everybody's faces. And he's doing it again after the Packers beat the Saints 37 to 30. The Packers plus three and a half covered, obviously, the over 52. 
a laugh riot. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, 30 points in fantasy. Alvin Kamara, 30. Drew Brees, 29 points. Oh, I had the Saints and the under. And I believe, if I recall correctly, on our CBS Sports HQ show on Friday when we did picks, I mocked both of you because Ryan had the over and Breach had the Packers. And I said, you're both wrong. You're both morons. But you know who the real moron is? Me. Me. No, just kidding. I'm not the moron. The real moron is Sean Payton, who takes Drew Brees off the field and puts Taysom Hill in there to run the read option with no Alvin Kamara on the field, and then it results in a fumble, and the Packers give take all the momentum back and go down and kick a freaking field goal, and they get a touchdown and win by 10. Stupid. Yeah. Oh, by seven. Sorry, the Saints got a Taysom Hill fumble happened at 12-23 in the fourth quarter. So it's an RPO. First of all, he should have handed it off because the guy who stripped him of the sack it was the indicator that you hand off the ball instead of trying to run the RPO. Yes, Darius Smith. He's, he's, if you read him and he's coming at you, maybe get rid of the ball. Even we know that. And we haven't played organized football in, in some time. Ever. And two, I'll, I'll point this out. Our buddy Michael Davis Smith tweeted this after the game. Two years, $21 million, two carries for six uh, yards on Sunday night, one catch for one yard. And the fourth quarter fumble and the score was high 27-27. The next series, I will point out, uh, New Orleans got the ball to 25, moved to five yards, three and out. I was, it was 30-27 at that point. I was sort of leaning towards going for it, 6.43 to go in the fourth quarter. I understand you're on your 30-yard line. What do you got to lose? I mean, what's going to happen is you're going to turn the ball over. Your defense isn't playing well, and Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to do what Aaron Rodgers has done all season, play extremely angry. Meanwhile, uh, the only we should talk about the Packers because I know Packers fans have said to us in the past. You're you right. You're right. We should. I'll say one last thing about the the Saints. Um, Drew Brees is who we thought he was, but yeah, his numbers. If you just look at the stat line, like oh, great job. That was not a great quote unquote game by Drew Brees, and I, I just wonder now. The Packers' entire offense is Drew Brees dropping down, dropping back, looking you. deep being too scared to pull the trigger, and then throwing a dump down pass to, t- to Alvin Kamara. Well, and that's su- that one of those plays summed up the Saints' entire offense this year was that touchdown pass to Kamara where Brees threw it two yards downfield, and then Kamara did the rest of the work. So, you know, if you just look at the back box score, or six weeks from now when we're looking at Drew Brees' stats, and we're like, oh, he threw that 52-yard touchdown against the Packers. He was on fire because – and it, this is what he's done all season. You know, week one, eh, there wasn't a lot of practice in August. Let's let them get some chemistry before we judge them. Now it's three weeks in the season. Drew Brees looks the exact same that he's looked for the past two weeks and at the end of last season. And if I'm the Saints, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, two weeks ago we were saying, oh, the Buccaneers should have a lot to be worried about after they lose to the Saints. And I ain't worried about the Buccaneers. I ain't worried hey, about Hey, quick trivia question. How many teams in the NFC East and NFC South combined are over 500? Is it just one? That is the correct answer. Is it the Buccaneers, Tom Brady? Buccaneers are the only team in those two divisions over 500. Pretty incredible. Again, Ryan, you're 100% right. We don't need to sit here and, and talk about why the Saints lost this game. Um, the Packers are 3-0. and I thrashed them. Many people thrashed them. They were lucky last year. And they, you know, came out and played the Vikings and the Lions. They haven't played anybody. But they went to New Orleans and they played a Saints team that was coming off an embarrassing Monday night football loss against the Raiders. And they played really well, and they put up 37 points. Aaron Rodgers is playing awesome. Mm-hmm. He, he is – you know what? I Look, maybe maybe he won't do this the whole season. Maybe, maybe he will. Packers, maybe he will. I, I don't know. But I do know that 
and I think that this will be people will say, oh, it's overblown, blah, blah, blah. What is? They drafted Jordan Love and it pissed him off. And now he's setting everybody on fire. That's what he's doing. Alan Lazard, eight catches or eight targets, six catches, 146 yards and a touchdown. He's great. Jay Sternberger was coming on strong late in the game. Robert Tanyan, their other tight end, was coming on. Uh, Aaron Jones, 16 carries, 69 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Williams wasn't very effective. Uh, but Rodgers was throwing bombs off bootlegs all day long. I will say that the Packers offense appeared to be run, <laughs> pretend like you're running left aggressively, bootleg right, throw to tight end in the flat, let tight end get 12 yards, and the Saints couldn't figure it out, which is a little frustrating as someone who's backing Saints. Well, I mean, Brinson, if you figured it out, what does it say about the Saints that they couldn't figure it out? It's concerning. But it is, it, it is well, concerning. Well, I mean, Sean Payton is the same guy who wore, like, a basic B mask. Not that, like, not that there's anything wrong with it. Like, it's one of the, you know, the little, like, medical masks. But then he flipped it around at halftime. Do you think it was good luck or just he forgot? Yeah, who knows? But, I mean, the, the other side of that coin is that the Packers – Refused to play Drew Brees underneath and just let him complete all his passes. So maybe that was part of the game. Sure. I will say this, and you talked about it a little bit with the drafting of Jordan Love and then AJ Dillon in the second round. I think this was intentional. I made this joke earlier on, on HQ. Uh, remember Bruce, I don't know, do you know who Bruce Banner is? The Incredible the, Hulk? The Incredible Hulk? What did, what did he say? Is this a, is this a, the Packers drafted Jordan Love to piss off Aaron Rodgers and make him go Incredible Hulk on him? No, no, no. Bruce Banner would always say, don't make me angry. You won't like me when I'm angry. Matt LaFleur was like, you know what? Let's make Aaron Rodgers angry because then he goes crazy in the wrong direction. We won't let him in on it. Um, you know, he'll get fired up draft night, and he will stay fired up until, uh, you know, the end Question of the Question for you. Mm-hmm. Did the Bruce Banner thing land on HQ? Well, uh, E.K. Eric Casillas knows everything. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no, he knew exactly. I said, E.K., you remember Bruce Banner? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, Incredible Hulk, just like Bruce just did. So That's what I said, too. If you don't know who Bruce Banner is, what are you doing in life? Um and Rodgers does. The Packers offensive line is really good. They the play Packers, I have questions about the Packers defense. Fair enough. But I will say this. The only team that really stood between the Packers and the Super Bowl last year, they went 13 and three. They beat the Seahawks in the playoffs. They just got their ass kicked by the 49ers twice. And the 49ers are pretty banged up. So. What? If, it, all right. Going into the season, the Packers were like minus. 110 or like plus 125 to win the division. What would you make them to win the NFC North now? The NFC North? Just the division. Oh, it'd be like negative 350. That's what I'm saying. They'd be like minus 400. They, uh, they're going to, they're going to come back to earth. Are they going to come back to earth? I don't know. I don't, I don't. Well, here, here's okay. If you're the fan of another NFC team, if you're a fan of the Seahawks, the Cardinals, or if you're in the NFC, you're, you're NFC North, you're a Vikings or Bears fan. And you're wondering why you could still possibly win the division, even though the Packers already beat you to a pulp, like they did to the Vikings in week one and lines week two, you say, well, now that we're three weeks into the season, the Packers have beat an O and three team, a one and two team and a one and two team. And although Aaron Rodgers threw for 283 yards and three touchdowns against the Saints defense, you know who was even better? Derek Carr. He threw for 284 yards and three touchdowns against this very same Saints defense not six days ago. So there is – I can see someone saying, hey, let's hold our horses on the Packers because they still haven't played – they're playing the Falcons in week four who are 0-3. and three. They play and the so, Falcons next week? Yeah. What's the over-under on that? that well, we got to hammer that. 75. So it's not high is we don't know because because the Saints haven't looked as good as I think everybody thought they were going to be that 
you know, I, I think this Packers game in week six, because they have a bye after that Falcons game, they play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And that might be the first time where we're saying, all right, this is where they're pay- playing a team that's supposed to be equally as good. Uh, but I mean, the Packers are awesome. They're one of the two best teams in the NFC. I think the only argument you can make is maybe the Seahawks. Uh, and that's the bottom line. So okay. my, my mea culpa for the Packers too. I preach all offseason about consistency at various positions and at the coaching staff and the quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't follow my mantra with the Packers. That's on me. Like, they, like they have the consistency. They've improved from year one to year two. It's a lot like the Cardinals. And then the Cardinals lost. We'll get to them. All right. So let me ask, uh, oh, a quick hot take on the Saints. Michael Thomas is more important to the Saints than Drew Brees. I mean, I I mean that, that's not even hot. That's, but he, runs, he runs a bunch of slants. And so he's one less. Yeah, they, they, they get, but that's all Drew Brees can throw right now, Ryan. Right. I understand that. And if I, you add Thomas in there, like Trey, what do Trey want? Like, they weren't separate. They weren't doing anything on the perimeter. Well, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying it's not like he was getting open deep. And Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers in the, in the game. I think Michael Thomas is more important. And I think the fact they invested so much money in Taysom Hill, I just don't un- understand what they're doing. Well, Taysom Hill is just annoying. Uh, all right. So who was more impressive? The Packers? Yes. With their win in Seattle? Uh, that's wrong. With their win in New Orleans or the Seahawks? With their win at home against the Cowboys? The Packers. Uh, I think okay. so. I think the Seahawks offensively played a better game. Well, let's talk about that the, game. The Packers went, just, the Packers went on trick. the road. But wait, I got one more question before oh, we go this game. On, and right? I know Debo's going to kill me, but I'm going to ask you my question anyway. And you can just, it's a quick answer. What is the Saints record right now if Jameis Winston had been their starting quarterback for the first three games? Oh, and three. All right. Let's go. Next. One and two. <laughs> I got, I got to the, I moved the game along 12 minutes in, like we planned as before the, before the podcast started. I'm trying to adjust my focus here. Um, and then you try to derail me, Breach. How dare you? Seahawks 38, Cowboys 31. The Seahawks covered plus five and a half or minus five and a half. Excuse me. The over hit. It smashed 69 total points. Nice. Five overs hit all over the place. Um, I actually put like if you put in props, Michael Gallup's prop hit, his over prop hit, Amari Cooper's over prop hit, CD Lamb's over prop hit, DK Metcalf's over prop hit, Tyler Lockett's over prop hit. There were four 100 yard receivers. Tyler Lockett, nine catches, 100 yards, and three touchdowns. A monster game. Russell Wilson, 44 points. If you played, if you just played dudes from this game, you probably smashed in DFS. You play dudes from this game and the Colts defense, you crushed DFS. Uh, Dak Prescott, 32 points. Tyler Lockett, 28 points. Russell, what would you say Russell Wilson's MVP odds should be after week three? One to a thousand. That's stupid. I am going to say that I'm going to wait till week three ends before I put those odds on. For okay, he, I he, need to see Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes. That is – stop it. It's, it's, Russ is the number one. I would say Russ is minus 125. If Patrick Mahomes throws seven touchdowns tomorrow against – on Monday night against Lamar Jackson, Russ is negative 125? Yes. R- Russ has 14 touchdowns in three games. No He's on pace for 74 touchdowns. This is insane that he all offseason – he spent all offseason saying – yeah, let me throw the ball more, and they do it, and now he is just—they t- can never run the ball again. Just keep keep letting Russ cook. The whole thing about let Russ cook 
is that we always knew the Seahawks would never let Russ cook because they're too conservative. And that's how Pete Carroll wants to operate. And they are letting him effing cook. I mean, they throw in deep on first down play action, just bombs down the field. They should have had another touchdown, but DK Metcalf did the Deshaun Jackson thing, uh, you know, like walking into the end zone. That is, that is possibly the most unforgivable play in football. It's number one, selfish. Number one, it costs your team seven points. Number three, stupid. Like, I don't understand the upside of that. And you got a stupid binky in your mouth, making it worse. <laughs> Did you just cause DK Metcalf a selfish, stupid I didn't call a hole with a binky in his mouth? No, he said what he did. He did was stupid. I love DK Metcalf, but that is inexcusable. It didn't matter at the end of the day. But, I mean, in terms of infuriating things, that is – I don't know what would be more infuriating. Pete Carroll said the lesson learned will help everybody. Unfortunately, we overcame it and didn't wreck the game for us, but it's a terrible play. It really is because he's got a touchdown. Just got to finish it off and just start celebrating too early. I guess if you're DK Metcalf, you're just not used to people walking you down. There's no, there is no excuse that you can offer. None. Yeah. This was not about being walked down. This was about strolling into the end zone to rub it into the Cowboys. And he didn't know there was a defender a yard behind him. Ready to knock the ball. This is just a dumb move. There was no. Trevon Diggs, the, the, the second, uh, Stefan Diggs cousin, the second round pick out of Alabama. I mean, and by the way, heavy play by Trevon Diggs because a lot of dudes just give up or, you know, like, like, you know, wave at it. But yeah, name a worse play in the history of football than that. Well, Deshaun Jackson is worse. Leon Letts is worse. They were all the same type of play, though. That's my point. Sure, it's it's unforgivable. Yeah, I mean it's it's forgivable. It's you won the game, but it's um, yeah, it's unforgivable if you lose because yeah. of that play. The second worst play all time on my list that Randy Bullock fake cramp hamstring pull. Why are we bringing that up? Oh, he missed. <laughs> he missed. Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring or a muscle, and there is complete elation. Oh, God. Uh, you know what's amazing is like. You said Randy Bullock, and I'm just like, I don't know if you if you watch in the YouTube. My yeah. eyes shoot to this little blue button. I'm like, that blue. I, I write, I use a, I use, a, I have a lot of sharpies in my, an incredible amount of sharpies in my office. Like I have literally like twelve. Flex, but okay. Yeah, I I just don't know why I like I like flicking the sharpies up in the air and catching them when I'm watching football. Uh, but I use I write on the I write use the sharpies to write on the the roadcaster uh, label label thing yeah yeah and um i'm proud to say that randy bullock missing in week one for the Bengals against the chargers has occupied we have a permanent lock on it it is locked in permanently oh he missed <laughs> i sleep at night thinking about that so on. i will say this getting back to uh to letting russ cook he is, we t- say it really, but he is the best deep ball thrower and it just more infuriating as to why they wouldn't let him throw the ball. It's incredible. He's so here's, good. here's what someone asked me today. Is there any concern? And my answer was absolutely not, but is there any concern that if you continue to let Russ cook, he's going to come back down to earth? No. Well, here's, here's the thing with the, the cooking, the Russ chef work is that he has to do it because the Seahawks defense is absolute dog do. I mean, they are really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I know we don't want to talk about the team that lost too much, but Mike McCarthy, man, for, okay, two things about it. One, the, the down the stretch, the offensive game plan for the Cowboys when they were trying to go tie it up and, and bear in mind. So they, 
are up. Were they up thirty-one? How was the score? It was thirty-one to thirty after Greg Zerline makes that field goal. Then Russ goes down and hits DK Metcalf for a touchdown, twenty-nine yard touchdown, that makes it thirty-five. So, excuse me, 36-31. So they're up five points. There is a two-point conversion attempt that fails, but there's a roughing the passer penalty that allows the Seahawks to, to make another attempt. They get the two-point conversion. So the Cowboys are down seven points, and they get the ball back with a uh, – with what? 147. 147 on the clock. They, they, that was the most lackadaisical two minute offense I have ever seen. That was pathetic. You've been throwing bombs down the field. Like Michael Gallup, CD Lamb, and Amari Cooper are open on every vertical throw. And they threw a screen pass to Zeke Elliott, which is one of the worst play calls you will ever see. Uh, I mean, it, it was abysmal operation by the Cowboys. And the fact that they didn't attack vertically every single drive. Blew my mind. Like you could, you could have scored a hundred points in that Seahawks defense. They are terrible. Let me uh, ask you this. Well, to ahead. put Brinson's point in perspective, the Cowboys went forty-nine yards during that two-minute drill, which is theoretically good, but it took them eleven plays to do it. Why are you in an eleven-play drive in the two-minute drill? Like it, it, it was. It was just beyond all thought. Although Dak Prescott almost pulled a wild touchdown out of his pants on that third and 14 where he spun out of a sack, almost fell on the ground, stayed up by a centimeter, but then chucked an interception. That would have been terrible throw by Dak. And he was panicked because yeah, they were out of touchdowns, out, out of timeouts. Come. Why is Brace talking about almost touchdown? He threw in a triple coverage and you could barely see the, the Cowboys offensive player behind all the line of Seattle defenders. Yeah, he, he threw it so confidently. I was like, Oh man, this is a touchdown. And then all of a sudden I was like, what, why did you throw it to that? I think, I think he spun out and was like, Oh my God, we don't have any timeouts. The clock is ticking down. I got to get rid of this. He should have thrown it away and had one more shot in the end zone. Very poor. Jason Garrett, like management by uh, Mike McCarthy, in my opinion. The Cowboys defense, also terrible. What, these uh, teams, these teams are going to be involved in a lot of overs over the next couple of weeks. What are we paying Dak Prescott after that game? I don't, my price tag didn't change. Okay. I, wonder. I mean, it's funny because he threw for 472 yards, second straight week. He's gone over 450. Only two players in NFL history have ever gone over 450 in consecutive weeks. Dak Prescott and Jameis Winston. And, uh, the funny part is that Dak's now turning the ball over like Jameis. Two interceptions, lost a fumble. The interception in the first half, the Seahawks scored a touchdown on the ensuing possession. And that ended up being a big one. Uh, so as good as Dak was, he just keeps making a couple just where you grit your teeth mistakes. Uh, yes, yeah, so I don't know. You like, you don't pay him less, but you know, Jerry Jones, this, this explains why they can't decide whether or not to pay him or why you should have paid him 18 months ago. They should have paid him 18 months ago. I, I agree with actively that. refreshing my sport. My, my, I'm trying to find this, this Packers Falcons. Uh, all right. Well, why you do that? What happened in the Bills game? There you go. Good job. Let's go to the Bills and. Rams job. Oh my God. Well, I mean, just welcome to hell. Pete Prisco is just, I mean, like Josh Allen. You know, it's funny. Like 2020 has been a disastrous year for just about everybody except Pete Prisco. <laughs> He's having a great year. Pete's like, <laughs> Pete has no kids, like three cats. Like the only thing like he has to pay for in life is like low T shots and, and like, you know, you know like the extends yeah. or whatever. And, uh, and like, and like cat hemorrhoid medicine. Like that's all Pete has to pay for. Tanning bed doesn't pay for itself. That's true. Yeah. 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 He claims his tan is real. 
Uh, bills the tanning are, bed's probably in his place. That way you don't have to pay for it. He actually sleeps in the tanning bed. The uh the Bills are three and to beating the Rams 35-32. The Bills minus two wins the over 46 and a half hit easily. Josh Allen had a monster game. Jared Goff had a very nice game as well. My man, Daryl Henderson, had a very good game. 17 points according to CBS Standard Fantasy, but I think it was actually higher in a lot of leagues. There was a very questionable so the Bills had a uh twenty five was it twenty eight to three? Yeah, twenty eight to three. It was the same score as the Falcons in the Super Bowl. They had twenty eight to three lead and twenty five point lead. Looked like they were gonna obliterate the Rams. Rams were like six plus six hundred on the on the money line live. With line. five minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah. And, and the Rams yeah. just come storming back, take the lead thirty two to twenty eight. And then the Bills and Josh Allen marched down the field and got a very questionable pass interference, defensive pass interference call on uh, Darius Williams on fourth and 12 late in the game. Josh Allen, I think they were a touchdown the next play or maybe two plays later. Uh, Bills hold on and win. It would have been the third largest comeback in NFL history. The Bills are now three and over the second straight season. And Josh Allen, as look, Russell Wilson is the MVP right now. But we're three weeks in. Josh Allen is number two. And Aaron Rodgers is right there as well. And Josh Allen has firmly entrenched himself into the discussion. Yeah, it's amazing. Four touchdowns this week. How many did you have last week? Four or five? Yeah, he's he's been awesome. And he's, he's good. He's good. And they, they have him running the ball less, which is nice. Uh, again, the week one game where he fumbled twice was extremely annoying. And he's 24-33 for 311 yards, four passing touchdowns, one interception, and one rushing touchdown. He's just, he's, he's just good. And I'll say this, like the, the Bills obviously had a good season last year. You mentioned they started three and they went to the playoffs, but Josh Allen was the reason they didn't get far in the playoffs. That game in Houston where he threw the ball over his head or whatever that was on their way to the, to, to the loss. This year, this game is going to be something you look back on and go, okay, they were able to overcome the odds of staring defeat in the face after having a Falconian uh, meltdown in the middle of the game. They, it looked like they were going to lose. It looked like they could not stop Jared Goff and Sean McVay and the Rams, and they did. And did they get lucky? Yeah, but you could point to 15 times the, the Patriots gotten lucky in the last 20 years, and it resulted in a win. This resulted in a win for the Bills, 3-0, and and um, that's big for them for a couple of reasons. And number one, primarily, well, number two, number one is that they have the confidence. Number two, they're still first place uh, a game clear of the, the Pats. By the way, I, I think I'm so – you know the last time? That a Bills quarterback threw for 300 passing yards in three straight games. Had I'm be. guessing. I'm guessing it was Jim Kelly. That's correct. Do you know what year it was? I'll guess 1991. 93. Oh, it was 92. Split the difference. Oh, Wilson, uh, you messed me up. If you wouldn't have guessed, I was going to guess 92. 92. And then Breach's like, nah, Wilson's like 91. I didn't want to one up. I don't want to be that Price is Right guy. Okay. Do you know what the Bills did in 92? They went to the Super Bowl. That's and correct. What else happened in the, in the Super Bowl? Well, they, they lost the Super Bowl. I'm going to say something about this game real quick. Was, it, was 92 the In Living Color halftime show, by the way? Maybe. With Fire Marshal Bill? Look, I feel like we were concerned <laughs> about the Bills' defense going into this game. And, and so nothing about this game changed what I thought of the Bills. Josh Allen was phenomenal the first two weeks. He was phenomenal in this game. But the Bills' defense still looks like it has all these holes. And, you know, they're going to get guys back from injuries. But they have... A, a tough stretch of schedule coming up. They play the Raiders, the Titans, and the Chiefs in a row. Uh, and, 
you know, this was a game where they almost blew a 28 to three lead. They got bailed out by uh, a horrible pass interference call. And so I feel like you can really view this game in one of two ways. One, they were up 28 to three. It's a game they deserve to win because you jump on a good team like that. You know, that means you're a good team or they're a team that choked away. And, you know, once the Rams went up, every fan of Buffalo is like, my God, we're going to lose it. This happens to us all the time. We don't win playoff games. We can't do anything. Uh, so I, I'm still like a little bit worried about the Bills defense. Let me but ask Josh you, Allen's amazing. Let me ask you this though, because that's a fair point about the defense. But every defense this year that we thought was good has not been, they've been less than stellar. So which defense are you have whole, you know, going in whole hog? And it feels like every other defense has been underwhelming. Which defense in the entire NFL? Like which defense has played up your expectations? Well, nobody's good because there weren't any tackling in the preseason. There weren't any tackling in the offseason. I was just, I, like I was seeing these, these totals next week. The, the lowest total on the board right now in week four, there is a 40 on Monday night, or Thursday night with the Broncos and the Jets, which is just, I know we said we wouldn't complain about football, but Jesus, that game is terrible. And, there's a 43 and that's it. Like it's 45 and higher. I mean, it's just crazy. And all the 1 p.m. overs hit on Sunday. You're, you're saying fact. every single 1 p.m. game over hit? That's to my knowledge. You got, you got to, yeah, steal, take the, you, you were hanging out with Justin, one of our research guys. Yeah. He does all the, all the heavy lifting. He's, he's awesome. You're he supposed does. to expound on that, but okay. Um, great. I love him. He's from Altoona, PA. There you go. What else you want to know about him? So the Ram, I think the Rams are the Rams are fine. That, coming back in that game really did a lot to bolster my confidence in. in you know what? Jared Goff has actually played pretty well this year. Daryl Henderson is freaking great. Aaron Donald was a monster. Aaron yeah. Donald was a monster. Yeah, I I am not concerned about. I mean, we talk about teams that lost today. I'm concerned about the Saints. I'm not concerned about the Rams. Yeah, Rams are fine. Tough division. You have the Seahawks. But would you rather? If the Seahawks and Rams played, let's say, let's make it like a baseball thing. Seahawks and Rams play a seven game series. Whoever best to first one to four wins. Who wins four games first? Seahawks or Rams? I'm taking the Seahawks in five. I'm taking the Seahawks in four. (laughs) Seahawks sweep. Uh, I think the Rams are a more complete team, but the Seahawks obviously have Russ who's playing better. And every game is 50 to 50. Five I mean, the Rams, the Rams will hang 40 on the Seahawks every time. But that's, like saying, anybody, man. that's like saying you have a bunch of 320 hitters on your team and then you have Nolan Ryan in his prime and no one else on the field. He's just throwing 120 miles an hour. And you might you might score what? It's a very bizarre analogy that involves a pitcher with no fielders. Well, you're talking about the, the – yeah, he's he's out there striking people out. That's the point. What's, what's confusing about that? It doesn't matter. I feel like it's a little confusing. Well, you started with the baseball analogy four out of seven. I thought I would finish with the baseball. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on to the next game. That's the last time Brinson's going to use a baseball analogy. Yeah. I could tell by his tone. I blew his Breach, that's your first strike. Two more and you're out. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to Harlan send you the season assist. <laughs> the Bears 30, Falcons 26. This uh, is a tough one. For Falcons, game, this is way. tough for Dan Quinn. This is tough for Falcons fans. It's tough for me uh, tough. because I and Mitchell Trubisky. That's right, Mitchell Trubisky benched in the middle of this game. 
The Bears covered plus two and a half win outright. Obviously the over 46 hits. Nick Foles is your leading fantasy performer. 23 points. Allen Robinson, 18 points. Jimmy Graham, 18 points. I want to say this before we dive into too much about this game. And by the way, the Falcons are the first team in NFL history to lose back to back games despite leading by 15 plus points in the fourth quarter in both games. Mm. That is Uh, on. Believable. In very related news, Chicago Bears are the first team in NFL history to win two games in a single season where they were trailing by at least 16 points because they were also trailing in week one against the the, the Bears are the Bizarro Falcons. They're like and the they, opposite. And they did it with different quarterbacks, too. That's the really crazy part. That is the crazy so, part. Okay. Here's my thing about the Bears. And it's trailing by 16 points in the fourth quarter, not at any point in the game. I had some Bears fan, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give out his Twitter handle because he's a little douchebag. Um, oh boy. What? He is. Well, also yeah. apologize to our buddy Matt Snyder, who's not a douche. I will not apologize to Snyder. I will Everybody apologize we know to Benelli. I will apologize to I will apologize to anyone. This is, uh, this is at O-N-A-Z-O-L. Go tweet him out. Go tweet him out if you want. And I said I was going to tweet a smiley face emoji every time that the Bears allowed a, a touchdown for the rest of the entire season. And I did it like, you know, they're getting blown out. I did it like three times. And he's, I mean, you can't imagine how furious he is. Now, obviously he replied to me, lit me up after the Bears win. And he since changed his Twitter name to Saint Nick QB1. And this is my thing with the Bears. Like, you don't, Bears fans, you don't get to peacock around about this win. Why you not? Don't get Why to not? Do it. No, you don't get to do it. Brian's over there doing the bushwhacker dance from like the 90. You don't get to do it. Cause here's what happened. You're getting your ass kicked, and then they had to bench your starting quarterback and bring in Nick Foles to save the day. So do you think that this is a super sustainable situation where you're going to be good for the rest of the season? Or is this more likely the fact that you played the Lions, the Giants, and the Falcons, three trash teams with no defense at all, that Trubisky looked okay the first two weeks, and they got benched against the Atlanta Falcons before Nick Foles had to come in, and you're prancing around acting like you're 3-0, and and you're going to win the Super Bowl, and Matt Nagy's going to be there with confetti falling on his face. Have you lost your minds, guys? This is not a good win. This is a moral loss, if anything. This is an actual victory and a moral loss. You won the football game. That's great. You're 3-0. and You benched your starting quarterback. That's not a good thing. If you bench your starting quarterback in the middle of week three and you get a win, it's not a victory. It's a moral loss. So, in that guy's defense, I am just going to say that if you are going to bench your starting quarterback uh, and Nick Foles is the guy you bring off the bench, that usually means you're going to be good the rest of the season. It's called the – Full formula. Corollary. Yeah. Full formula. So here, here's the, the text I got from my buddy Matt Snyder tonight. Hey, are you guys doing a podcast? Uh, I need Brinson to be mocked. First of all, Snyder, thanks for listening. And just kidding. If you ask if you, are you doing a podcast? Like F you, buddy. He actually said, when does it drop? So that's what you want. I love Snyder. He's the best. And in typical Brinson fashion, uh, instead of apologizing, he just doubles down. And mocks a team that is three and oh. They are in fact three and oh. You said they're acting like the three and oh. They're acting like the three and oh because they're three and oh. That this, this Bears team sucks. And by the way, the biggest takeaway for me, a couple of big takeaways, a couple of winners. Ryan Pace is a winner because he got to bench Mr. Trubisky. Now he doesn't have to pay him $35 million a year. That's a win. Ryan Pace drafted him. How is that a win? Cause you're not paying him $35 million. You're not. Yeah, double- but you look like an idiot for not drafting him over 
Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. He learned the lesson, Brees, that Bre- uh, Brinson did not. He does not double down on mistakes. Yes, he messed up. And he, it took him four years to learn it. Quarterback battle by trading for Nick Foles instead of signing Cam Newton. He definitely doubled and tripled down on Trubisky. This is his worst nightmare. He and it took him four years to learn. Steve Kime drafted a quarterback in the first round and said he's horrible. I'm going to get rid of him and draft a quarterback in the first round the next year. It took Ryan Pace four years to figure it out. First of I'm all, I'm not giving him any bonus points. I don't like sassy breach all of a sudden because the Bengals aren't losing football games actively. <laughs> Settle down, John. Number one. Number two. Hide a game, damn it. Number two, we are inundated weekly by complaints from listeners that we don't talk up the winners and you're sitting here crapping all over the Bears when I explicitly told you that Matt Snyder would like you not to crap on the Bears. And eat. Over, under, eight and a half wins for the Bears this season. I'm going over. I'm going over. Brinson, you are crapping on the Bears. I was going to say, now that Foles is in, they're a lock probably to win the Super Bowl. Because that's I what Nick hate Foles Bears does. fans he more literally than just comes any up. other fan base. I, think. I bet Matt Nagy said, you know what? Matt, Nick Foles has been so much better than his QB competition. We're going to keep him on the bench, though, because he's no good when he starts the season. We're just going to let Mitchell go in there. Cross our fingers, hope we do okay the first two games. Uh, and they did because they found their way to two. They beat the New York Giants by four points. That is what Mitchell Trubisky gets you. You you have to come back from more than 16 points down to beat the Lions. That's what Mitchell Trubisky gets you. And, uh, you know, Bears fans should be gloating right now, and they should be laughing at Brenton. As for Falcons fans, oh, before like you know, by the way, wait, I just want everyone to know I'm wearing my Super Bowl 51 pullover because that's where they blew the 28. As long as the Falcons keep blowing leads, I'm going to keep wearing it. The the Bears will not commit to Nick Foles being their starting quarterback next week. That, that's, Brinson, that's like you saying you're not going to commit to staying married through tomorrow. Like whoa, 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 whoa! Foles is going to be the starter. It's it's obvious. That's what I'm saying. They're not starting Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, you're going to bench a guy in the third quarter, watch him lead you to a twenty point come, sixteen point comeback. I mean, and I would not start him the following week. I'm just saying they're not committing to him. The, yeah, the, gonna, why would he say that? I mean, the last time. Uh, Trubisky got benched. Remember, Nagy went over, put his hand on his shoulders. I think he had a shoulder injury. Hit Bears him. should be one and two, man. They have two. They're but they're not. Yeah, I what your record says you are. All right, breach me to the Falcons. Let's talk about them real quick. Because the Falcons. I don't. My buddy, my buddy Ben Jones, who's a big Falcons fan, he texted me. And he said, uh, Dan Quinn, defensive guru. It's like, yeah, this is a tough watch, man. He's like, I'm at, I'm at a soccer game. He's like, I left with a 16-point lead. Just checked the score. No clue what happened. You don't want to know. I said Foles. He's like, what are you talking about Foles? He's like, what do you mean Foles is involved? Um, hmm. I, I don't know. Hmm. I, I know that we I – I didn't think that anybody would fire a coach midseason because of you – know, we're in a pandemic still, and it's just you – know, the optics aren't great. I don't know how Dan Quinn survived. I will say this. Number one, and, and I'm sure we all agree, I'm not advocating for anyone to lose their job because losing your job sucks. Uh, Prisco seems to think that he won't get fired this week. Dan Quinn. This would be, it would be a, uh, so Arthur Blank, friend of the podcast, came on the uh, Pick Six podcast at the Super Bowl this past year. Does he and, know? What's that? Does he know he's a friend of the podcast? He was on with the big logos. I don't know what to say. <laughs> he was awesome. He was great. So everyone who comes on the show is a friend of the podcast. That's the whole thing. FOP. You appear on this show, you're a friend of the podcast. You know who we need to have on the show, by the way? The, the, the guy from Ballers who's a huge Bears fan. That was the, the best. Falcons mascot. <laughs> the, best, the best guest. The best What's guest. What's that, Freddie Falcons? You guys know that I'm the best Cavalier dad ever? Shirt with a dog on. All right. So what about our, you uh, buy that? 
No, my wife got it for me. The um, Arthur Blank said that he wanted to be consistent. He wanted to be patient. He wanted to not jump to conclusion. He didn't. Want, he didn't. Want, he he wants to. He wants the Falcons to be a, a a blue chip organization that doesn't fire coaches irrationally. And the the problem is, if you say that and then you fire him three weeks into the season. It's not really, really. I don't think it's irrational to fire a coach after watching him blow two leads of 16 points or more and doing something that no other team has done in NFL history. That doesn't okay, mean well, that, so that would this, be you, somewhat rational. Well, firing a coach after three weeks is not rational. Uh, I, no, you, I don't think, but I, I, I don't think they'll do it. But I'm saying that it wouldn't be completely irrational to do it at this point. But I do think that if they go 0 and 5, so they play the Packers on Monday, I think everyone's going to pick against the Falcons that game. Week five, they play the Panthers. If they lose, that game against a team with a new coach and a new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator and uh, all these new defensive starters, then I think we could seriously see Arthur Blank uh, thinking about making a move. And by well, the way, he was supposed well, to. The Falcons, by the way, I, I actually. What they, uh, well, while you're buying the way me, let me buy the way you. Last year, Dan Quinn was supposed to get canned. They sort of pulled it together late, and that's why he held him to his job. So to breach his point, there, there's certainly precedent. If you're thinking about moving on, their buy is week ten. Oh boy, over under. Oh think. boy, this is the schedule is. All right, so they have the. I, I the the buy is going to be the. They'll decide on the buy, because here, uh, as Breach points out, they play the Packers. What's that? Breach just told you it could be week five. No, no, no. Listen, but here's the schedule: Packers in week four. Now they could fall to own four. That's entirely possible. Huh, but think? then they have the Panthers, Vikings, Lions. Panthers and Broncos before the week 10 bye. They have to win all those games. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're four and four or I guess five and four. And we're talking. Right. But well, if like you, that's five and four is doable. With, I mean, that's a bad. No, it's not. Have you seen this team? They're going to lose to the Packers and you're going to, they're going to reel off five straight. Well, they against the Panthers, right Vikings. Yeah. You mentioned, I mean, that's, they could win all those games. Do you, so, do you think that Dan Quinn gagging, What's the probability? Like this. Is it a Dan Quinn thing or is it just random historical occurrence? Let me put it to you this way. And this well, is- it's not random historical occurrence because it's the first time it's ever happened in NFL history. And let me ask you this because this is what I always come back to when we ask these sorts of questions. If Bill Belichick is coaching this exact team, are they doing these things? They, they don't, no, they don't lose. Okay. So that's, that's the top of the, the box. At the bottom of the box right now is the way that they're playing with Dan Quinn. Coaching. Dan Quinn's a good coach, I think. He's a great guy too, but. I well, mean, Dan Quinn isn't, you know, like I thought this game was on the offense and Dan Quinn's not calling the plays on he offense. Head coach breach. Well, I get that, but if they you're fired off, the offensive and defensive coordinators, they went three possessions after they're up 26 to 10, third quarter, they go three and out on three straight possessions in this game after now, they went up now, and down the field. Ask, and, we, and we don't know, like, did Dan Quinn say, let's run the ball and, you know, and like, let's eat clock and let's get out of here. So wait, just to be clear, uh, they, they move Raheem Morris to defense. What do they do on offense? Dirk Cutters carry over from offense. Okay. So I don't want to lie. All right. Thank you for correcting. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Raheem Morris took over the defensive calls midway through the season. Look, the defense is terrible. <laughs> Everyone's defense is terrible. Anyway. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll tell you why the Bengals finish with the tie. <laughs> 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 He missed. Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring or a muscle, and there is complete elation. Elation indeed. 
Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, so the Cincinnati Bengals are no longer completely full of losses. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. Wilson, do you realize that this, this particular portion of the podcast? Evo, unmute your mic. Mm. Bengals 23, Bengals 23. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, See, you can totally get the mood of what happened here because Debo, an Eagles fan, is just like, we need to blow things up. We need to draft Trevor Lawrence. I'm done with Carson Wentz. Me, a Bengals fan, we just won the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow got his first non-loss. I'm all over that. This is a good thing. This is Joe Burrow is on track. If he goes 0-2 and 14 ties, maybe this team gets in the playoff with 14 ties. That's fine with me. I'll take that all day. But uh sorry, Debo. Oh, I, I feel terrible for Debo. I'm happy for Breach. But a, a tie, I, I think tie is worse than losing because it's the Bengals. And they've been such a hapless organization for the last year or so. And it just exacerbates just exacerbates the issues that are going on in Philadelphia that start with Carson Wentz, who had a lot of mistakes on Sunday. He would not throw the ball to open receivers. He would airmail open receivers when he threw it. He would run when he should have thrown the ball. He had the nice touchdown run at the end of the fourth quarter. And in my viewing, that was one of the few positives I got from Carson Wentz. Debo, did you see anything more than that that you were – able to hang your hat on in terms of feeling hopeful about Carson Wentz? Uh, there wasn't a lot. I think everything you said was was very accurate, except the part of a tie being worse than a loss. I, I will not agree with that. I think that itself is kind of a, a loser mentality because when it comes down to it in Week 17, 
and the Eagles are six nine and one, and the Cowboys are six and ten. That tie is gonna <laughs> matter. It's gonna matter. There you go, Tebow. Let me ask you this: um, Should the Eagles have tried a sixty-four yard field goal at the end mm-hmm. of overtime, or should they have punted? So I, once again, I feel like I am in the vast minority of this fan base to go along with the Jalen Hurts pick and a couple other things. No, you you know more kicking history than anyone I know. One time in NFL history, one time there's been a 64-yard field goal that was successful, that was at elevation. Doug Peterson saw Jake Elliott, who I love, who hit a 61-yarder against the Giants a couple years ago to to spark their Super Bowl run. He was not hitting that kick. And I'm the most optimistic Eagles fan I know. He was not hitting that kick. If you want to tie the game and preserve just some semblance of your season, you punt the ball there. Joe Burrow can get one completion. They would have gotten the ball at midfield, one completion. They had no timeouts. And then Randy That's all it, takes. it would have been about 13 seconds. Yeah, you, and then you think Randy Bullock's going to hit a 60-yard field goal? We leave it up to Kevin Harlan. Oh, we missed! Yeah, be mad at the play calling before right. that play. Doug Peterson, you know, we talk about his balls all the time. He didn't have them on that final drive. Call better plays and you won't put yourself in that position. And obviously the fall start to push him back five yards. I'm fine with going for it for 59. Jake Elliott not hitting a 64 yarder. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish we had someone else producing so they could clip you saying, Doug Peterson, we talk about his balls all the time. Um, I, I agree. So I, I, look, a tie is worse in the sense that you get to make fun of it more than a loss. Right. But a tie is definitely better than a loss. Right. That's like a tie sucks because you feel like you tied, but kicking the 64 yard field goal and then losing and going to 0 and 3 versus 0 2 and 1 is a massive difference in a 16 game season where like the division Colleen sucks. Wolf, what's that? Where the division sucks. Right. Holly Wolf pointed out the Eagles are a half game out of first. Yeah. Like the Cowboys are one and two. The Washington football team is one and two. The Giants, who are absolute dog crap, are 0-3, and the Eagles are 0-2-1. They haven't looked good. They're really banged up. I I think that Jalen Hurts is going to see a lot more time playing just in order to, like, sort of – I don't know if you want to try and, like – I don't know if that helps. Rogers it Do up. you think that fumble he had is going to earn him some more playing time? There's that. I, I don't know if that helped Carson Wentz's – Carson's been awful. But, I mean – Having him be a part-time player, I don't think it's going to help. I don't know what you do, to be honest with you, with Carson. I don't know how you fix it. I don't know what's gone wrong. I don't know if he's hurt. Maybe he's six interceptions, most in the NFL. Well, he, and also, you had to think Doug Peterson went in this game thinking, you know what, I'm going to forget about the first two weeks of the season because if Carson can fix his issues against any team in the NFL, it is against the Cincinnati Bengals and their bad defense. It's not going to have Geno Atkins, their best player. They're not going to have any pass rush. Carson just be able to sit back there and pick them apart. And he couldn't even sit back there and pick them apart. I mean, it was absolutely I, – I couldn't believe how bad Carson – I thought Joe Burrow absolutely outplayed him. And Joe Burrow had like a half a second to throw on each play. got sacked eight times, and he still looked better than Carson Wentz. I don't – it's just so weird to me because for whatever you wanted to put Carson Wentz in the rankings in the offseason and we do it all summer long, say he's – at the worst, a top 12 quarterback, he's number 12. I've never seen someone that could be considered that good, a potential MVP at one point in time, regress, regress this so much. It, it's 
never happened in front of my eyes like this. And it's three games, and if I had to bet on something of him returning to form or him playing like this the rest of his career, I'd probably bet on him returning to form because that just doesn't happen. But still, I just I don't get it. And there's other factors, but the simple fact of the matter is he has to play better. I will is, say is, one is, thing is, in is his it defense. Possible, is it, well, I was curious, is it possible that Wentz and Doug Peterson are a bad marriage? Uh, like, no. Why not? 2017, he played out of his mind. A lot of people attribute that to Frank Reich and, you know, think that the Eagles, if they kept Reich and Reich didn't depart for Indianapolis and it was Reich in the system instead of Doug, wow. things would be a little bit different. The one thing in Carson Wentz's defense is that he did know that NFL games could end in ties, <laughs> unlike a former Eagles quarterback after the last time these two teams tied back in 2008. There have been 10 ties in the NFL since 2008, and the Bengals have been involved in four of them. Like, that pretty much sums up being a Bengals fan in one stat. And you are ecstatic. So I love ties. By the way, I've never seen somebody so happy. Carson Wentz played so poorly that when Easton Stick came in briefly to replace Justin Herbert in the Chargers game, I was going make to the, make the argument that Easton Stick is now the best North Dakota State alumnus playing in the NFL at quarterback. I'm not, I'm not trying to be an apologist, but I, I also don't like the race to always replace a, a quarterback. I don't like how that always has to be the reaction. I know how it's natural because they use the 53rd overall pick on a quarterback, but good quarterbacks have bad stretches and this is a horrible, horrible stretch. I'm not defending it in any sense, but I don't think there should be this race to replace him. And I don't think internally, that's what the Eagles are thinking, despite what the fan base is calling for. Yeah, I I'm going to say think, one thing real quick yeah. to put all this in perspective about how bad the Eagles and Bengals were in overtime. So during the Sunday night game, the Packers and the Saints combined for four punts in the entire game. In one turnover. Overtime, just overtime, the Bengals and Eagles combined for six punts. They, they punted more, six times in They overtime? had more punts in overtime, Ugh. I think. Am I right? It has to be a record. That sounds right. Is that, is that right? Yeah. So they punted more in overtime. They punted the six times in overtime. That they is punted incredible. more in overtime than the Eagles are than the seven possessions in a fifteen minute overtime. A and ten minute overtime. Hell? A ten minute overtime. A ten minute overtime. That's insane. Look at that. Had, so the this is crazy. That's mind blowing. Hey, it's a record. Way there to go. were. There were. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six possessions in overtime of less than 20 yards. That's they're not, not they're two very bad That's football teams. That's what we've Okay. Who wins more games? Who wins the NFC? I think the Cowboys do. Which question, which, which question are we answering? Who wins more know. games out of the Bengals and the Eagles? I don't, I don't know what the rest of Wilson's question was. That was it. Who wins more games between the two teams that just played? Bengals or Eagles? Uh, the Eagles. Reach? Yeah, probably the Eagles. Okay. I mean, probably the Eagles. I don't want to say the Eagles because the Bengals have the better quarterback. Look at this guy. But I'll say the oh, Eagles. It's gonna, it's gonna I will say that five, it is very each. troublesome that Philadelphia already is dealing with a bunch of injuries. Jason Peters got hurt in this game. Dallas Goddard got hurt in this game. Darius Slay got hurt in this game. I mean, like, if you lose those three guys, and I, I, we don't know what the, the you know, the parity. Prognosis of those injuries are, but like you, those three guys are toast. I mean, Greg Ward was their leading receiver, and he had eleven targets. Greg Ward. This is just the end of twenty nineteen again. Cannot get rid of Greg Ward. That's the lesson here. And by the way, <laughs> the injuries suck. I get all that, 
there are a lot of teams with a ton of injuries, and, you know, it is what it is in the NFL. Dino, I got one more question for you in this game. When the Eagles took a 16 to 10 lead, and I wouldn't, I couldn't, I didn't want to watch this game. I'm not watching a bunch of Bengals games. Bengals are terrible. When the Eagles took a 16 to 10 lead, did, did you think that Doug Peterson got too cute? Like what, like what happened there? Cause I feel like at, with a six point lead, this is the Eagles have had leads. Like you've got Miles Sanders lean on him and let him cut loose. Like Miles Sanders could have gashed this Bengals defense all day. Miles Sanders is an absolute bright spot of this season. Every time he touches the ball, something good happens. He gets extra yards. So yeah, use the run more and Carson miss passes. It's, it's a matter of Doug maybe not getting cute enough at some times, but when, mm. when you have that 16 to 10 lead against the Bengals, just, just finish it off. Well, and real quick, that 16 to 10 lead didn't last long because the Bengals got the ball in the next possession, scored a touchdown, and then were immediately up 17 to 16. So, it's not like the Eagles had a couple of offense, offensive possessions while leading 16 to 10 because the Bengals, and then after they took that 17, 16 lead, went through a pick on that next possession. And then the Bengals got a field goal off that interception and then they were up 20 to 16. So the question should be, why didn't the Bengals hold the lead, Brinson? You got Get well, pro- actually, you got well actually by Brent Breach. Get with the program. Okay. Steelers 28, Texans 21. Ugh. Man, I finally thought the Steelers were coming back to earth. I was going to get to dance on Ryan's grave on this podcast, and instead they beat the Texans 28-21 and covered. The Steelers uh, minus three and a half for the game. The over hits as well. As we mentioned, all the uh, 1 p.m. overs hit 46 and a half. Ben Roethlisberger, 21 fantasy points. James Conner, 20. Deshaun Watson, 20 as well. Are the Steelers the third best team in the AFC? You know, Breach was talking about the the defensive struggles of – teams that we thought were going to be good defensively. The Steelers are one of those teams. They Deshaun Watson's awesome. We know that. And he had very little trouble going up and down the field in the first half. Uh, the Steelers weren't able to get after him, even though that offensive line is suspect. And they scored 21 first-half points. They scored right before the half to make it 21-17. And uh, then the Steelers' um, defense actually showed up in the second half. They got after Deshaun a little bit. They forced him into making one mistake. And, and Roethlisberger uh, and that offense um, slowly but surely got going. Um, so – I don't know if it's their best team. Uh, I'll let Breach, he might argue that it's the Bengals right now. But um, they're 3-0 for the first time since 2010, which is sort of a weird thing to think about a team that's really historically really good, usually every season. Uh, so you have to stockpile wins when you're the same division as the Ravens and the Bengals. And uh, so this is huge. But you might get your wish next week, Brinson, when they have to travel to Tennessee to face the Mighty Titans. And it's funny you just brought that up, Wilson, because I think that the argument for a third best team comes down to – the Steelers and the Titans, and you give it to obviously whoever wins that game in week four. But I think right now I'll give the nod to the Titans. And you know why? Because on Monday night, the Ravens and the Chiefs are playing. And you know who both those teams, who their last loss was against? The Titans, both of them. The Chiefs' last loss was against the Titans. The Ravens' last loss was against the Titans. Uh, so I think it's hard, and the Titans are undefeated, so I think it's hard to move them out of the conversation and say they're not – in the top three teams in the AFC when they've beaten the both teams that we say are above them, uh, you know, within the past 12 months. So yeah. Titans are three for me. And I'm not just saying that because I live in Nashville and because there's a Titans helmet behind me, which you can see if you're watching on YouTube, I shine that thing every time they win. I don't even pay attention to my Bengals helmet anymore. Maybe How, what's, what do we think about the tech? I mean, like the Texans are hard, man. Cause they're, they suck. I don't they, think they, they suck. The Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers. 
They're they're Owen Wilson. Who's not zero and three playing this schedule? Going yeah. opening with the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers. The Chiefs and Ravens. <laughs> well, they can't play themselves. See, that's my point. It's like the Steelers. You forgot the Steelers. The Steelers oh were going three. No, they they don't they don't suck, but they have put themselves in position to not have as much much success as they should be. And by they, I mean Bill O'Brien. Andrew Hopkins <laughs> had another huge day target wise in Arizona. They could certainly use him. Will Fuller was back today on the field. Um, for the Texans, that's great. Randall Cobb had um, at least one touchdown catch, um, and he had 45, uh, 95 yards on four catches. So he's your leading receiver. I don't know if you want him to be weekly your leading receiver. David Johnson, who they traded for as part of that DeAndre Hopkins trade, 23 yards on the ground, 13 carries, big whoop. Uh, the offensive line is getting better, but Deshaun Watson can't do it all. And, you know, we say this each and every week. So this isn't the worst 0-3 team in the league, and we say it, uh, we've been saying it every week this season. That they've recently come back from 0 and 3 in 2018. They went 11 and 5. So they can certainly do it. But you're just asking a lot of one player, your franchise quarterback to do everything while taking a ton of hits. And I just don't know if that's the recipe for sustained success. Andrew Walk says it's not. Yeah, there you go. I mean, the Texans were up. I mean, the Texans were cruising in this game. It felt yeah. Like. They were up 14 to 3, I believe the first half 14 to 3 and 21 to 17. The, the, there were, it was a tale of two halves. The first half they dominated. The second half the, the defense caught up with, with Deshaun Watson. And the All right. So the Texans next six games are home against the Vikings. Win. Home against the Jaguars. Win. At Titans. Tie. Home against the Packers. Tie. At Lock. Jaguars. At Browns. What is the Texans record in those six games? Three and three would be great. You know what's crazy is that if they go, Four and two, which I think would be big because you're playing the Titans and the Packers in there. You're still four and five on the season. You still have a losing record, and that's a best case scenario going four and two in these next six games. So like if you don't go four and two, if you go two and four to three and three, your season's practically over. So and- the Texas, so Deshaun Watson had two hundred two passing yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions in the first half. According to NFL research, he joined Tom Brady from the 2016 AFC Championship as the only players. With 200 pass yards, two passing touchdowns, zero interceptions versus Pittsburgh in the first half of the last five seasons, including the playoffs. Over under Deshaun Watson passing attempts in the second half, 15 and a half. Must be under, huh? Nine. Jeez. What do you think? Billy O'Brinson? They didn't have a lot. He didn't have a lot of time. And, uh, Steelers. I I feel like Bill O'Brien is being so super conservative that. It's just not in the first half. Me. Deshaun was lighting them up. I was I mean, saying like, that's what I'm saying. Like he, they get a lead and he's like, all right, we got to buckle down and run the ball and get this win. Well, it was 21, 17 and a half. And then the Steelers came out and I believe they scored in the first. No, they, they didn't run the ball though. They only ran the ball 15 times in this game. So I don't know what their plan was at any point, except that, you know, you're, you get up 14, three, maybe you, you run a few more run plays than you had planned to. Uh, keep the other team off the field so they can't score to run some clock to do something. And they didn't do that. The Texans finished with 20, go over. 29 rushing yards. That is the fourth lowest rushing total in Texans franchise history. This is crazy. What is happening here? Well, Steelers are three now. That's what's happening. And, and you're not going to win if your defense is on the field for 76 plays. The Steelers ran 76 42 plays. plays. They ran 42 plays. The Texans? That is crazy. They were leading 21 to 17 and ran 42 plays. 
I don't know. Go watch the second half. Steelers. Wilson, you need to explain. You're the only one that watched all four quarters of this game. I was actually watching this a lot. What a weird game. It was a weird game. All right. I think the Texans will rip off. I think they go four and two in the next stretch. No way. They go three and three. Yeah, let's move on. This game. Pointed out. This game's confusing as hell. All right. Patriots 36, Raiders 20. That doesn't do it, do it justice. It wasn't even that close. The Pats minus seven, my best bet of the week. Clinches over 47 hits. Shouldn't have hit. Uh, there was a Derek Carr was sacked in the end zone, ruled a safety, and then they decided the ball was out and gave the Patriots a touchdown. And then the Patriots uh, kicked off. The Raiders went down and scored. Top fantasy performers, duh, Rex Burkhead, 26 points. Derek Carr, 19 points. Hunter Renfro, 14 points. The Patriots were not great, but it felt like a boxing match where there's a guy who's clearly the superior fighter and is sort of feeling things out and then realizes how the fight's going to go and then just starts punching down. And the Patriots were up, I mean, six to six or nine points or something like that late. And then just, I mean, they buried him. They buried him in the second half in the fourth. Why do you say that? Because they were just a better. It was 13, 10 in the third quarter. Yep. And the Raiders honked a field goal. And that's when the game turned. It was a wrap after that. I didn't think that Cam played well. He had some suspect throws. We talked about that Dak Prescott end of game interception. Cam had a similar interception where he broke out of a tackle Mm. and just threw the ball. Couldn't have, he could have handed it off and it had been less offensive than that throw he made that was picked off by uh, Jonathan Mason. Brenton, I was surprised you liked this game because this was my lock of the week, which, by the way, my locks of the week are 4-0 against the spread, 4-0 straight up. Um, but it did feel like one of those games that the, the Raiders were coming off a Monday night, so they had a short week. They had to fly across the country. They had to play in a game that starts at 10 a.m. Pacific time. They were being investigated for violating COVID protocols. They're being investigated. Their coach has to pay a $100,000 fine, and you're going against – uh, angry Bell Belichick, who's coming off a loss and is not going to lose two games in a row. So it was like there was just no way the Raiders were winning this game. And, and Ryan's absolutely right. After that missed field goal, and that's that's the Daniel Carlson that hit a 54-yard field goal to ice the Saints game when we all thought Gruden was crazy, and he missed a 41-yard field goal when it was 13-10. to If he hits it, it's 13-13. And the Raiders have played him pretty tight in the first half. I, I mean, the Raiders had a great drive at the end of the first half uh, where they scored with, like, I think six seconds left. And at, after they scored that touch, I really thought, I was like, man, they might stay in this game, like put up a fight. And then they punched themselves in the face and the Patriots ran away with it. The Pats averaged 6.6 yards per rush. Most in a game since 2010. They have rushed for seven touchdowns already this season, the most in the first three weeks in Patriots history. This is Bell Belichick porn. <laughs> Been a lot of history this this year, and on that um, last week, Julian Edelman set career highs and yardage. You don't need Tommy. Uh, Burkhead was awesome too, by the way. Yeah, look, the Patriots are a better team. The, the Patriots are a bad matchup for the Raiders. But it's pretty sure for the first forty minutes. Yeah. It was close. It, it was close. That's fine. I don't think the Patriots have pull away, beat your brains in potential out of the gate. Like, like they're not going to come out and drop a forty burger on you in the first half, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I, I think they they ground them down, and they do what Belichick wants to do. You make it's mistakes. Only the, What's it's that? Only, only the sixth time in Belichick's twenty years with the team that they've hit two hundred and fifty yards rushing. 
Hmm. And two of them were against the Raiders. I, I, look, I, I don't know if I'm right a lot. I'm probably not. I'm not. But I was right about this Patriots team and how they want to play games. And this is what they, this is what they're doing. Okay. Moving along to Bell Belichick's. I, I, I know his name is Bill, but Breach calls him Bell Belichick. For it's reason. because my baby's name is Annabelle. And I keep, I say Bell, 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 Bell all the time. You had a baby. No, I no, I didn't. Yes, you did. I said Bill Belichick all the time. <laughs> That's the first time you start I've saying ever one word all the time. What right. Anyway, moving on to Bill Belichick's old quarterback, Tom, Tommy Brady, who took the Buccaneers into Denver and won 28 to 10. The Bucks cover the minus six. The under somehow hit this game. It's unbelievable. 42 and a half it hit. That was one of my best bets on the podcast from last week. By the way, Pete Briscoe, 13 and two on his best bets for the podcast picks this, this year. Scorching hot. 2020, the year of Prisco. That's yeah. Welcome to hell. Of course, that demon would be great this year. Um, I'm actually doing really well too. RJ having a tough year, but we'll, we'll get to turn around. Tom Brady, top fantasy performer, along with uh, then Jeff Driscoll. He had 29 points. And Jeff Driscoll, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, 12 each. Tom Brady's 59th career game with three passing touchdowns and no interceptions. The next closest, Drew Brees with 53. Chris Godwin has first touchdown catch of the season. This is the look. The the reality here is the Buccaneers. Godwin left with a look like a hammy, so that's something to keep. Ooh, that's not good. The Buccaneers snuffed out the Broncos here. Worth noting, are too banged up to play against a team like the Bucs. Well, it gets worse because last week Drew Lock got hurt in Pittsburgh, and they brought in Jeff Driscoll, who looked okay and breaches familiar with Jeff Driscoll from his days at Cincy. Driscoll got benched for Brett Rippon. That's how bad Jeff Driscoll was. And they brought in Brett Rippon. He went eight for nine between an interception. Didn't they sign Blake Bortles? He was inactive on, on right, Sunday. But that means it's Bortles versus Darnold on Thursday night, probably. Oh, oh. but the, I, I, so I don't know where this team goes. You talk about the Eagles being beset by injuries. The Broncos would like a word because they are in purgatory. Bron- I, Broncos have been gassed by injuries. It's awful. And I was the one. Who was it? Me and Prisco breached to pick the Broncos to go to the, the playoffs. Uh, that sounds right. Yowzer. Not me. That sounds right. But, um, kind of crazy. Yeah. So like we said at the top, uh, two weeks ago, I was more concerned about the Buccaneers than the Saints. I feel a okay about the Buccaneers. And we're at the point where Tom Brady and Mike Evans still aren't yet on the same page. My favorite stat line of the week, not even close. Don't look, Bre- uh, breach or Brinson. Do you know Mike Evans stat line? Oh, um, I, I mean, I, I watched a decent amount of this game, so I know that it's like five catches, 12 yards, two touchdowns. Four targets, two receptions, two yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> That's even better. That's great. Fantastic. He had less receiving yards than Lenny Fournette. Yeah. By the way, by the way Lenny Fournette, seven carries, 15 yards. Hope you all started him. Hope you listened to this podcast. We told you not to. Ronald Jones, 13 carries, 53 yards. Spicy. I started him. Do you think the Bucs are the best team in the NFC South? Oh, a guy. Yes. Okay. But they lost to the Saints, Ryan. How well, do you rectify that? Let me ask you, John. Who's the best team in the NFC South? The Buccaneers. Thank you. I still take the Saints. Okay, and you will lose. You have a quarterback that can't throw the ball downfield and you have another one that fumbles. And you yes, have another one who throws interceptions, but only when he plays. Do you know who is effing awesome? Tom Brady. Tom Brady's fine. Antoine Winfield Jr. is effing awesome. He is awesome. Great pick. He a sack. Uh, I, I, I love, I mean, I loved him in Minnesota and I love him even more now. All right. 
What? No, I praise Antoine Winfield. We're not talking about defense on here. He had no, a sack. I heard you. Six tackles. What? Quarterback hit. Tackle for loss. Pass deflection. He's a stud. Did Debo feed you that? It's weird that you're suddenly flexing on Antoine Winfield. Do you feel bad about being a d- to Gronk? No. Can I say that on here? I probably can't. Sorry. No, you know why? Because Pick Six, the uh, Instagram feed, which you do not run, by the way, <laughs> did, did a whole thing on it on our little chat last week. Gronk, six <laughs> targets, excuse me, six receptions, seven targets, 48 yards. And in almost life, a touchdown. Almost a touchdown. And he said last week after we sort of gave him the business that he goes, I'm a blocker. He was joking. I just saw the quote. I didn't see any emojis. Yeah, you didn't watch, you, you watch the Zoom? He said he was, he was joking. He was clearly being sarcastic. He was like, I was brought here to block. He ain't joking, though. I mean, the, the stats say otherwise. Why, why do they need to use him in this game? Be a waste of. I tell you who, who, who is playing well is OJ Howard. All right, I'll give you that. He's playing better. Who's the leading receiver for the Buccaneers today? Do you know? Yeah, I'm looking at it, so I won't tell you. Chris, do you know? Um, I do not know. I know that Chris Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller, Scotty doesn't know that he was the leading receiver. That's my Scotty doesn't know song. You guys, I've obviously never seen Euro trip. That's our cue to move on. (laughs) Titans 31 Vikings 30. The Titans are three and oh straight up and oh and three against the spread. And their defense is bet on the Titans. I mean, the Vikings covered the two and a half points. The over 49 hit Kirk Cousins, uh, 25 fantasy points. Dalvin Cook had a great game, 23 points, but the guy who went bananas, A N A N N. I can't spell it. It's bananas. Cut that, Debo. Yeah, it's got to be cut. Brenton can't spell bananas. What if you could only eat things that you could spell? Brenton would only be eating C R A P. B E E R. I had. C R A B C A K E S for dinner. You can spell that, but you can't spell bananas. There's a song telling you how to spell bananas. A N A N N A N A. All right, go ahead and, and uh, give a shout. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Great day for rookie wide receivers. T Higgins for the Bengals, two touchdown catches against the Eagles. We saw uh, Brandon Ayuk run in a touchdown for the 49ers, and Justin Jefferson led the way. Seven catches, 175 yards, and a touchdown. What a game. Uh, Kirk he Cousins. Had, he actually danced before he got to the end zone like we were making, giving DK Metcalf a hard time about. The difference was no one was around him. So you have to be careful when you do it. Just get in the end zone, do the dance. But, yeah, huge day. Isn't it interesting that it took three weeks for rookie wide receivers to really make an impact? Like, it's almost like this it's is weird, though, because it's well, almost like they didn't have a whole offseason to practice together. Or a preseason, right. But typically, wide receivers, more so in recent years, they've they've come on quicker than usual. But typically, it takes a little while for them to get going. But, yeah, fair enough. A.J. Brown sort of flashed big last year. Deontay He's the first rookie wide receiver for the Vikings to have 100 yards or more and a half since. Randy Moss. In 1998. Call breach. I said 98 before he did. They went 15-1. and They went to the Super Bowl. Danny they Green. didn't go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know who that Patrick offensive coordinator was? It was Morton Anderson. Morton Anderson was not the offensive coordinator of that 98 team. He was a kicker. Ooh, uh, if anybody asked me who's the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, I just automatically say Brad Childress. 
Yeah, but the, the the funny thing is, when this guy was offensive coordinator in, in 1998, the 15 and one team, he was considered an offensive genius. And then he got a head coaching job, and the team was not offensive. And uh, timeout, real quick. Who was because it? Because Brinson is just throwing friend of the podcast, Morton Anderson, under the bus. The kicker who missed the field goal for the Vikings in 1998 was Gary Anderson, <laughs> not Morton. Also, Morton wow. Anderson has not been on this podcast. Not a we are. Friends of him because we hung out with him after he got inducted to <laughs> the Hall of Fame ceremony, but he is not a friend of the podcast. He's a friend of me, and I'm on Who the podcast. Who was the Vikings OC in 98? Denny Green? No, he's head coach. Brian Billick. Oh, very nice. Denny Green was a defensive coordinator, I think. I don't know. Maybe. It's crazy that it took Justin Jefferson specifically this long to come along because the Vikings have nothing on offense. Like It's like Adam Thielen can't get open now that Stephon Diggs was gone. What I don't know what the deal is. And then they – Kirk Cousins doesn't have a lot of time to throw because offensive line hasn't been that good. They needed someone to kind of spark the offense, and Justin Jefferson totally did that. It's just too bad that the Vikings didn't win because you know who KO'd them with his right foot? My man, Steven Goskowski. That guy. Anyway, Denny Green was an offensive guy, so I would write RIP Denny. Goskowski. Uh, do you want to pump up? Hot and cold. Do you want to pump up Goskowski? Good credit uh, to wanna... credit to uh Vrabel, Mike Vrabel for sticking with him. Because now it's like Goskowski's drilling everything. Yeah, but we talk Breach tells us every week there's not a lot on the scrap heap in terms of replacing Goskowski. So you where are you gonna go? But I do when you have a guy coming off an injury like Goskowski, he goes one for four in your week one and you almost lose because of him. You definitely I'm sure they slept on that and they said, you know what, we'll wake up tomorrow, we'll think about it. And then, you know, kicking is seventy percent mental. If you're in the NFL, you have an NFL leg, but the head thing, you can't control the head thing. Like if you get the yips, then all of a sudden you can't make kicks. And it felt like that's kind of what happened to Goskowski. But I think once he hit that game winner against Denver, hitting a game winner, nothing gets your confidence back on track faster than something like that. And then, you know, what is, he's, uh, what is missing a 31 yarder to have to potentially tie the game do for you with, is it cause you got foot cramps or cause you missed it? Cause your head. Your hamstring or your muscle pull. Oh, <laughs> like, he missed. He missed. Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring or a muscle. You know, or his complete elation. And right, the so crazy Steve according to Elias Sports, he's the second kicker in the last 20 years with a go-ahead field goal in the final two minutes of three straight games. Can either of you name the other one? Oh, Breach, you don't know that off the top of your head? What was the Ironically, final final minute, final two minutes of three straight games? Yeah. Uh, and you said Wilson should know it? It happened no. in the last 10 years. Boswell? Oh, no, Sean Sweezum. It, it was Boswell. Damn. Oh, it was? Sean Sweezum was good, too. Boswell in 07. Get out of here. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't Boswell in 07. 2017, sorry. I'm, oh, God. I may, be, I, may be in, I may be in this bottle of murder. Okay. The Titans, are the Titans good? I don't, I don't know. Well, Their I want to ask is trash. I want to ask Breach. Everyone's defense trash. Breach, uh, let me ask you. You, you've complained about the defense is not living up to standards. Have the Titans blown you away with, in, in terms of their consistency? Because as you noted, they almost lost week one. They should have lost this game week three, but you know, the Vikings, Vikings. They could have lost to Minshew last week. So, uh, to answer your question, I do think they're one of the top three teams in the AFC. And that's because, look, you look at what they did that week one game. That week one game. Neither one of the top 
three teams in the AFC South or one of the top three teams in the AFC? You said that earlier. That t- the they- AFC, the entire conference. American Football Conference, you mean? You think well, the we'll American Football Conference, the where they week. beat the Ravens in the playoffs last year and advanced to the AFC Championship game, making them what one of the top two What does last year have to do with anything? Nothing. This team, they brought back all their talent, and they're just as good, if not better, than they were last year. They have a better kicker than last year. It was the only thing they were missing. They've lost their defensive coordinator. Mike, Mike Rabel oh. is their defensive coordinator. Like, oh, if anything, they upgraded. Dean Pease was Dean good. Pease? Get the F out of here. Mike uh, Rabel is a defensive coach who is a former defensive coordinator. He knew exactly what system they were running. They didn't miss Dude, a beat defensively. Stinks. What do you think the Titans defense is good? Their defense doesn't stink. I'm not gonna say they stink. I, I think yeah. that what about is, the Titans defense makes you think this is a good defense? Well, I think that they were up twenty four to ten on Jacksonville and just kind of they up 30 to Jacksonville, 14 to Denver week one, I guess. Yeah, but you got to look at about how the game was played. They have 175 yards to Justin Jefferson. Brinson, what defense, how many defenses in the AFC would you take over the Titans? How many teams would you take over the Titans? Well, the Steelers, Ravens, and Chiefs very quickly. What about the Patriots? The Bills. No, not the Patriots. The, Patriots. No, the, the Titans are at best. The Colts. The Titans are at best, the seventh best the team Titans in the AFC. The Titans beat all these teams last happening? time they played. What's that? The, Keep going they, back beat the, they beat the Patriots last. Like, why are the, the Patriots last time better they played than the Titans? Why the, so why are the Patriots better than the Titans? It makes no sense. Okay, it's foolish talk. There's Bill Belichick, Cam cut Newton, and a bunch of different stuff. I, I don't, what do a new quarterback running played? a new system. Have you watched the Titans' offense play a single game this year? They just yes, go up and down the field on games. every single person. They've what? been unstoppable. No one's. No one has been able to stop the Titans' offense. They scored, they scored 16 points against the Because Broncos. their kicker missed four field goals. Well, then maybe they should. So they're kicking a bunch of field goals? What? Am I being punked? What is happening here? Why are you propping up the Titans as this unstoppable offense? They are unstoppable. They scored 33 points against the Jaguars. Ryan Fitzpatrick scored more. Jaguars. Jaguars. Actually, Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> scored less, but still. Thank you. The Vikings, they played the Broncos. The Jaguars and the Vikings. That might be three of the ten uh, worst you teams know, in football. You're making fun of them only scoring 33 points against the Jags. One of the teams you mentioned is better. The Colts only scored 20, and they lost to Jacksonville. Boom. Listen, we, we don't Stop operate gone. in transitive property world. What are you doing? Well, here. We'll, you we'll, mentioned a team with a loss. That, I'm hammering the Steelers next week. Steelers are going to blast the Titans. Oh, it's not going to be close. The Titans are going to win by a touchdown. Out of, that's that's close. That is, that is the definition of a one-score game. That's not close. <laughs> All right. What we'll, the we'll, we'll see you next week, Kevin Harlan. All right. What's next? All right. Next, me and Brinson debate for 30 minutes on where the Titans fall. I don't it's, think the Titans are a top five AFC team. I don't oh, they're, they're top two. We'll get an indication. Two. <laughs> What's next? Browns 34, Washington football team. Sorry, I asked. What's that? I said, sorry, I asked. I said, what's next? You said Browns, Washington. Right. I said, Browns covered the minus seven. The over 45 hit. Nick Chubb went bananas. A-N-A-N-A, yes. Uh, Nick Chubb might be the best running back in football. Baker Mayfield had a nice game. And Dontrell Inman showed up on the fantasy leaderboard. Uh, The Washington football team briefly led this game, and then the Browns stole it right back. The Browns are over 500 for the first time in 2,114 days. The last time they were over 500 was December 14th, two. 2014. Johnny, Woo! 
You want another Browns fun fact? I don't. Or do you want trivia? Which one? Trivia. When is the last time the Browns scored 30 or more points in consecutive weeks? Is it uh, the, not, since they returned to Cleveland? I would say never. 1995 when Bill Belichick coached the team. Uh, it was actually way more recent. 2010. But that's still – they've gone 10 years without scoring 30 or more points in consecutive weeks. That is how insane. Is that Derek Anderson? Is that Derek Anderson, Braylon Edwards going banana? Why do I keep saying banana? Stop it. <laughs> you need a different fruit to talk about. Yeah, say something you can smell. Apples. Um, so uh, here's what I'll say. Dwayne Haskins may not be very good. <laughs> Three interceptions. A lot of them of the back breaking variety he did have two touchdowns. Again, he made some good throws and then, he made something like, what, what are we looking at? And how are we going to fix this in a short amount of time? And it's one of these situations where if he continues to play like this, and it could be unfair, I give you that, but if they have a top overall pick, they're taking Trevor Lawrence. Now, well, not going to have the top overall pick. thank you, Jets. But, you know, if they get sniffing around that conversation or they fall in love with someone like Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback. Can you say Justin Fields after, after drafting? Oh, I know, right? <laughs> so... I don't know. I, I wish he would play better. I like him coming out. He has struggled. That team is not very good. Chase Young left with a groin injury. That's concerning. He was on the field in Civvy's, um second half, I think. He so, was ruled out quick, too. So I thought they would be able to get after Baker. Clearly, that didn't happen. And when you have the running game, as you point out, with Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt, and Kareem Hunt actually caught a touchdown pass, I believe. Yeah, he did. Uh, that makes things much more complicated for an offense that can't score points in Washington. I think the Browns might be good. They're on paper awesome. They just can't stay out of the own way mentally. And, and Breach was talking about kickers having uh, confidence. That's the thing that this team lacks. So the Browns got blasted in week one. Blasted. Blasted. But have taken care of – now, look, they played the, the Washington football team and the Bengals, two, two of the five worst teams in football the last two weeks. Um, but they've taken care of business. Like they're, they're, The Ravens are just great. And I, I think the Browns might just be good. Uh, they took care of business, but Dwayne Haskins literally just handed them the game. I mean, that was what it came down to. Their offense didn't move up and down the field until uh, Chase Young got hurt. It was literally his injury happened, and all of a sudden they're scoring touchdowns. His injury happened, all of a sudden Dwayne Haskins throwing interceptions, and the Browns are moving the ball better. It was just – I didn't they're see them. 17-7 to in the second quarter. They Yeah, because Dwayne Haskins threw an interception and lost a fumble. Threw two interceptions that led to two touchdowns. Both their touchdowns came off of Dwayne Haskins' interceptions. That's why they're up seventeen to seven. They didn't really do anything in this that. game. They didn't do anything in this game that impressed me. Okay, I can buy that again. I think comes out of confidence. One by fourteen points against a crappy team. Let's move on. <laughs> the Lions. Woo! The Lions twenty six, Cardinals twenty three. The Lions finally won a game. Lions cover the plus five. The under actually hit fifty five. Did the Lions go bananas? E a n a n a s. Kyler Murray had 24 fantasy points, Matthew Stafford 22, and Andy Isabella, Ryan's boy, caught two touchdown passes, 16 fantasy points. Kenny Galladay was back, and so were the Detroit Football Lions. Huge win for my guys in Detroit. Matt Patricia, this team's not that good. What do I pay him? Galladay, six catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. They had a uh, Matt Prater, two fourth quarter field goals to tie it up and then to take the lead, uh, late or no, to, sorry, as time expired, they won the game. B 
big, pretty big win for the Lions. That bought Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn at least three more months. I mean, that's how important that win was. It was a huge win. And as equally demoralizing for the Cardinals. Going into that game, a year ago, these two teams played and they tied and we sort of joked about it. I think it was week one. Uh, going into this game on Sunday, I was of the opinion that the Lions would love to have a tie. They won. And I think part of the issue is uh, for the Cardinals, they asked Kyler Murray to do too much. They got away from running the ball. He was throwing a lot. He threw three interceptions, uh, some pretty bad ones. But Matthew Stafford, Brenton, he's your guy. He played well. Kenny Galladay was back. That's a big deal. Uh, Jeffrey Akuda had a huge interception. He didn't play in week one. He struggled last week in week two. Their first over, I mean, their, uh, first round pick had a, had a, had a big game. So a, a lot of things coming together. They minimized mistakes and, and they won. I, I do want to see how the Cardinals bounce back because you can't lose at home to the Lions if you're going to be. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you this. Good. I want to ask you something about the Lions. How do you feel? I mean, I know you're mocking yourself for picking them to win the division, but you look at week one, they were winning that game 23 to six. You look at week two, they got smoked by the Packers, but they were winning 14 to three. So it's like the talent is there. They just have without been Kenny able, Galladay the first two weeks. With, yeah, without Kenny Galladay. And all of a sudden they beat a very good Cardinals team. Lions, like, I don't, Lions could easily be three and a. We said, yeah, yes. And that's what I'm saying. Do you feel better about your, like, do, do you think they win more or less than eight games? I thought they, I think they win more. I thought they were going to win this game outright. I felt confident about it. Going 12 months actually, ago. I, I didn't pick it on CBS for some reason. I, 12 months ago, we had this exact same conversation and Breach kept having it. This Lions team could be three and oh. They won. I mean, they won three games, right? They well, won. Stafford got injured eventually. It's different. Yeah. I mean, it's a big win for them to one and two, but let, let's not get crazy. They're not winning eight games. Brinson just said they're going over the eight easy games. win eight games. Easily. Okay. Well, then, the, uh, the Cardinals have the Panthers and Jets. What's their record? Oh, my God. I mean, the Panthers actually surprised a lot of people on Sunday. We'll talk about that in a second. But The Lions have an interesting schedule, by the way. Go ahead. The Lions do have an interesting schedule. Saints at home next week. Oh, my God. What's that over-under? Then at Jaguars, then at Falcons, Colts at home, at Vikings, and Washington football team at home. What do you think they're going to do in that span? <laughs> then, then I will I will handwrite Matthew, uh, excuse me, Matt Patricia, an apology. I think they will go four and two in this. Debo, cut that. I want to see Wilson handwrite an apology to an NFL football coach. That would actually be incredible if Wilson had like. We have to do that if it happens. If they go six and zero, oh, you have it. to write on like a cocktail napkin, dear Matt. I'm sorry for questioning you over the six game stretch. Love Ryan Wilson. Yeah, I'll send it right to him. Okay, after that, they have the Panthers, Texans, Bears. Are you sure they're not going to win nine games by Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> I hope they do. All right. Um, I, I don't. I don't put the the Cardinals game plan was was bad. They should have run. Kenyon Drake needed to have a big game. I will say this. This team only won five games last year. And if they'd won, if they went seven or eight this year, I think that's a, a going in the Arizona? Yeah. I think it's a step in the right direction. No, well, the I Lions think. only won three games last year. What if they went seven or eight? Is that a step in the right direction? Yes, but they're not going to do that. Ah, uh, well, so you're supposed to say no because you know who won nine games. Oh, you set me up and I, it's late. My bad. That's okay. <laughs> I think that, uh, I don't know. I think that Arizona, I, look, they, the, Detroit's a better team than they played the, than they, than their record. And 
They are. No, I agree. I mean, they were yeah, all. Holiday back, and now they're they're one and two. They could they, they could be three and zero. Oh. It wouldn't be that crazy. Okay, what's your? Other it point? is. I did feel like Kyler Murray tried to do too much in this yeah. game. Three picks, and you know, and that's he can't do that yet. He's a second year guy. You can't. You're not Aaron Rodgers yet, and you'll get better. And he's athletic, and he does things that amaze us every week. But you can't go out and try to win the game on every single play. And that's kind of felt like what he was doing in this game. Fun fact. Yes. 4 p.m. window. The two teams with the longest losing streaks in the NFL currently, the Lions 11 games and the Panthers 10 games, both snapped those losing streaks. I mentioned the Panthers. They beat the Chargers 21 to 16. Panthers plus six covers the under 43 and a half comes in. Austin Eckler, your top fantasy performer. Keenan Allen, 17 points and Teddy Bridgewater and Justin Herbert, 16 apiece. I was in near, and it, ironically, I, I told Pete Prisco that if Justin, Pete's big on Justin Herbert, I'm not. Pete, I said, if Justin Herbert leads a comeback, I'm going to put a billion dollars in the Packers money line on Sunday night because it's just a Pete Prisco year. And I wish, I wish Herbert had done it because <laughs> I was, made a bunch of money. Herbert had a drive late in the game with a chance to win, didn't pull it off. Panthers came away with the win. Matt Rule's first win as an NFL head coach, and the Chargers fall to one and two. This game was not impressive, not exciting. Neither team is good. Well, 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 well I'm just going to – it was not exciting for 59 minutes and 50 seconds. And we say Justin Herbert didn't lead them on a drive to win the game. That's technically true, but he absolutely put them in a spot to win it. The final play of the game, the Chargers ran a hook and ladder, hook and lateral – and it absolutely would have worked, except that Austin Eckler fumbled the lateral. He would have walked into the end zone. This was literally the final play of the game. Carolina was up 21 to 16. Herbert drove them down the field. Uh, so you had, I think, six seconds, five seconds left. The Chargers were at Carolina's 28 yard Everyone line. Everyone thought they were throwing in the end zone. Everyone. So then, uh, Herbert throws a deep crosser for like 15 yards to Keenan Allen. So now they're 13 yards from the end zone when he catches it. The Panthers just totally crash on Keenan Allen. Eckler it's the little Giants play. Yeah, exactly. Eckler comes perfectly across the field. This play, this is perfectly designed. Keenan, it wasn't like a hundred percent perfect pitch, but these guys are in the NFL. He should have caught it and he bobbled it twice. No, it was so like they showed the credit to see like our CBS video team or NFL and CBS video team, they did an aerial view of it. And it's like, he, Breach, you're right. He is sauntering into the end zone if he catches it. Yeah. So, I mean, they could have won this on on this final play if Eckler catches it. So credit to Herbert for putting them in a position because he drove down, I think, with no timeouts, got him in that spot. Uh, but, so yeah, Bre- Breach, they can lost. We talk, can we talk about the fact that you tweeted out the video, you're like, the Chargers almost pulled off a perfect ladder to beat the Panthers in the final play of the game, but Austin Eckler couldn't handle the pitch. Hashtag Chargers, hashtag Panthers, hashtag Wowzers. That was my reaction, Wowzers. <laughs> Wowzers. <laughs> I will say this. Justin Herbert, um, I think he was uh, 9 of 11 in the first half, so that's great, but he didn't throw very many yards, and he had an interception towards the end of the first half. He is exactly what he was at Oregon. But I, he he's impressed me. Like, at a different level, so that's impressive. He, he, no, he's actually impressed me. He, he's exceeded my expectations. He came on in the second half. He actually got hurt. He got slammed uh, and hurt his wrist during a sack. Went out for a few snaps. I mentioned Easton Stick earlier came in. He came back 
and then played well down the stretch. And as Breach pointed out, was uh, integral in that what should have been a game-winning drive. And, oh, by the way, the Chargers in their last eight games against the spread at home as a home favorite, you want to take it a, a gander what their record is? Oh, God. One yeah. and seven. Oh, and eight. Oh, seven and one. Jeez, so, that's ugly. That is not. Keenan Allen, by the way, 19 targets, 13 catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. Justin Herbert threw 49 times in this game. I'm telling you, man, he is playing a lot better than, than I thought. Also, he, the throw, when he makes a great throw, it's a great throw. He is. But when he makes a bad throw, it's a very bad throw. When you see him flash, that's what Trevor Lawrence does every play. And that's what I think the upside is for, for what people are expecting from Justin Herbert. It's just going to take a while for him to get there. But he's he's exceeded my expectations. I said, go ahead, Breach. I was just going to say, and what, just base if people look at the final score and think this was a close game, the Panthers kind of kicked themselves in the face here. They got into the red zone six times. Six Joey Sly, times. Joey Sly, and, was, and they had to handle. Joey Sly didn't kick a field goal. I think he kicked, he kicked five field goals. I think they were all under thirty-five yards. So that's insane. That does not happen very often. Twenty-nine, uh, twenty-four, thirty. 22 and 31. I mean, there you go. If you have, uh, Panthers 20, should have blown them out. Yeah. I mean, so they were just going, the Panthers went up and down the field. They just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. So, you know, I don't know if the, the Chargers were just too emotionally drained after losing that game to the Chiefs or if the Panthers are actually okay. Are the Panthers okay? Could they be decent? Maybe. The Chargers now have how many points they score against the Bengals in that game that ended 13. like this? Or 16. Um, so they have 29 points against the Panthers and Bengals. Yeah, it's not That's ideal. a big old red flag. And oh, by the way, not that this necessarily matters for Justin Herbert. Um, well, actually sort of does, but uh, Tyrod Taylor, he can't play next week either after getting his lung punctured by the team doctor. What happens if the Chargers are the worst team in football and they have the number one pick? They might not be the worst team in their division. Yeah. Who's worse? Broncos. The Broncos. Yeah. Uh, all right. Final two games we're going to combine into one because uh, it involves two teams from New York dun, dun, that are worse than the Chargers. New York, New York. Oh, yeah. The uh, 49ers beat the Giants 36-9 to with no one. And... That would be the most humiliating loss of the day, except the Colts beat the Jets 36 to seven. Which, if you, if you had a, if you were, if you were, you flew in from Mars mm. and you're a new football fan, you got to pick a team to be a fan of. And it has to be a New York team. Who are you taking? Oh boy. The, <laughs> I'm taking the Giants, but if it's just based on these yeah. two games, probably the, I mean, the Giants loss was more embarrassing. I'll you take can't. the Jets. I'll take the Jets because they're going to fire Adam Gates and get Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to take Columbia because they they're pretty good in in the Ivy League. I mean, what a awful pair of football the teams. The 49ers were, were down nine starters. Like, they had nine starters out. Yeah, but I mean, that's Sam, Sam Darnold is regressing before our eyes. Some of the decisions. I don't think it's on Darnold. You can't look. Some of those interceptions. I don't care who your coach is. You're not throwing you those. Sixes. That can't happen. So no, some of the Colts were the Colts defense was the top ten fantasy player, like including like quarter like like quarterbacks, running backs, everybody. Well, like like watching the Jets play the Giants is the type of punishment you you hand out to to serial killers and people that are on death row. <laughs> 
Like, there's no <laughs> way you pay to watch this game. Who wins? Uh, who wins a game first out of the Jets and the Giants? Giants. I don't Maybe. know. I mean, they could both go 0 and 16. What's the line <laughs> for these teams next week? Are, are the Jets get the Broncos on Thursday. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what do you think the Broncos are saying? We get the Jets on Thursday. <laughs> the Giants play the Rams. Plus. Plus 12. They're both terrible football teams. They both have uh, issues in terms of personnel. Sadly, I have to watch the, the game. The Rams are going to hang 42 on the Giants. I have to watch. Well, look. Oh, one second. Next, that's next Sunday. Four o'clock next Sunday. I have to watch the, the Giants game with a bunch of Giants fans in the office, and it's just torture because they know before the game. They know how it's going to play, and it's there's no – what is the redeeming quality on this Giants team? Name it. They have a new coach who's instilling a new culture, Ryan. Their Daniel best player like Daniel Jones. Their best players hurt. Their second best player is Daniel Jones, and he is infuriating because he turns the ball over. He makes mistakes. He won't throw the ball on time. I mean, I don't know. Dave Gettleman has not done a great job stocking his team with, with talent. That seems nice. Is that wrong? I seems I would say Dave Gettleman sucks, but I mean Oh, I see. I thought you were saying I was being mean by saying that about Dave Gettleman. Uh, no. So um, I don't know what you can say nice about the Jets either. Uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't get shut out. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's do some winners and losers. Breach, we will start with you. Who my, is your winner for the week? My winner this week are NFC East teams. Now I know what you're thinking. That doesn't make any sense at all because Washington lost, the Cowboys lost, the Giants lost. And you know what, Debo? The Eagles were the only team in the division that didn't lose. So congratulations to you because they tied. But they are winners because think, if you're the Giants, you're 0-3. That sucks. But guess what? You're only one game out of first place. If you're Washington, you lost. You're in first place. You're the Cowboys. You're in first place. The Eagles are a half game out of first place. So all those teams, even though they're all horrible, absolutely trash, uh, guess what? They are all still in the race to win this division because it's one game separates last place from first place. I'm going with uh, the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Two and one. The only team in that division above 500. We just said earlier that we were concerned about the Bucks. At least I was two weeks ago. I'm concerned about the Saints. The Falcons are trash. The Carolina won a game. That's great, but I don't think they're going to do a whole lot uh, in terms of the, the division. I think Tampa Bay's in the driver, driver's seat, and um, I think they're only going to get better. I think once Mike uh, Evans and, and Tommy get on the same page, that's going to make them even more dangerous, and presumably Gronk will, will be good at some point. If not, that's okay, too. I agree that they will only get better. My winner, Canton, Ohio. Why is that? Have you ever been there? I've never <laughs> been there. But you know who's going to go there in like six or seven years? Me. Phillip Rivers. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> the uh, 400 career passing touchdowns now. Sixth player in NFL history with 60,000 career passing yards. Most wins by a starting quarterback since 1950. Oh, baby. He's on that list. You know who's not on that list? Eli Manning. Oh. He is behind Ben Roethlisberger, but Ben got drafted by an organization that knows what they're doing. The Chargers don't. And the Colts, this is a good Colts team. Mm -hmm. I want to say that. I know the Titans are Breach's little pet pet darling. Third best team in the AFC. The Colts are way better than the Titans. The Colts lost to Jacksonville. That's fine. It was week one. 
Indianapolis is good. Their defense is good. Indy's going to make a deep run. That, a right. deep run to where? To your house to beat you up. No, sir. <laughs> All right, Breach, give me a loser. My loser are Falcons, the Falcons fans, and everyone who lives in Atlanta who has ever cheered for the Falcons, even just for one game. I, it is out of hand. It is funny because I feel like we talked about this after the Bears loss, how of all the worst losses I can imagine from any NFL team for the past 10 years, like the top five are all Falcons losses. You probably put this on the list. We've talked about Super Bowl. I'm wearing my Super Bowl 51 pullover just so I would not forget uh, the memory of that loss. I sat next to Brenton at that game. Falcons are up 28-3, and we're like, it's the Falcons. With our uh, editor, uh, Matthew Tabeek. Our editor is, was Matthew Tabeek. Who listens to the podcast and now works for the Falcons, and they haven't been good since he got there. Ironically, uh, no, you shouldn't say that. You don't want to make it sound like he's a jinx. Um, and they blew, they blew a lead in the NFC playoff, NFC title game against the 49ers in 2012. They blew that 20 nothing lead, 21 nothing against the Lions in London in 2014, the Super Bowl. This game is out of hand. I don't know how, you know what? The only thing I can say is I'm glad my Cincinnati Reds are playing a team from Atlanta in the MLB playoffs because Atlanta teams just choke away everything. F you, bro. We're going to mess you up. Oh God. We actually even brought that up. Oh my goodness. You're going down there. My my loser, and this one might be a little peculiar, but hear me out. The Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> and here's why: that team should be three and zero. They should have beat the Bengals in Week One. Is that who they played Week One? Yeah. They did. They did beat the Bengals. They did beat the Bengals. They should have beat. Don't you remember this? Oh, he missed. He missed. Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring or a muscle. <laughs> Elation. Yeah, I'm so tired. I forgot. Yeah, so they won in week one. They should have beat the Chiefs in week two. And they obviously should have beat Carolina if they did the, the if they had executed the hook and ladder right. And the reason they're losers is if because, and this, I'm dating myself here. This could have a little timestamp on it. If the Ravens beat the Chiefs, Chargers will be in first place. And now they're, what are they? They're one and two. Wait, wait what? If the Chargers had beaten the Chiefs, and if the Ravens also beat the Chiefs, if the Chargers had beaten the Panthers, then the Chargers would be in first place? Yes, the Chargers were 3-0, and as they very easily could have been. So if 19 things happened, the Chargers would be in first place. It's funny you called me on that. You sound like me talking about the Chargers. I was going to say, the last 90 minutes have been you and Breach talking about, well, the, the, the Lions can go 6-0, and and then the next thing, you know. So that's my loser, the Chargers. They should be 3-0. Absolutely. Um... Them. I'll say the city of New York. Your football teams are doo doo. Yeah, you know what? I, I, you know what? The good news for New York, they got Buffalo, baby. Well, that's not <laughs> the city of New York. State of New York. State of New York has Buffalo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the best team in New York is the Bills. Woo, what? Woo. Uh, by the way, what? Um, Devo, you probably know this. Did the Yankees make the playoffs? Yeah. Okay, I assume they did. Not the Mets, though. Why are you saying that's their last hope right now? Oh, uh, so I was really hoping the Yankees didn't make the playoffs. And ironically, just, they're playing it's like, a, a no. team from Cleveland. Were they playing Cleveland? What, were they, what seed were the Yankees? Five? What a pathetic bunch of clowns. You signed Stanton. You have Judge. You got to get J.A. Happ and Garrett Cole. And you finish fifth in the AL. They were talking about, like, we're going to win 60 games. We're going to go 60 and out. You losers, New York. You got the fifth best team in the AL. You got the two worst teams in the AFC. And your whole sports scene sucks. That's it. That's a show.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.